Welcome to Leadership DNA, a podcast for those who aspire to be a better leader. Alongside Arturo Gomez, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, the importance of celebrating your team's success. In Arturo, it is oh so important to create a culture where you celebrate the wins, both as big and small. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's, um, we, we tend to get into this situation, I think, as, as um, I think it's just by design. I mean, by design, we, we you know, things that when, when we have success, it tends to be understood as that's, that's the norm. That's what should be happening. This is what we train for. This is what we do. Uh, the results should be success. And we tend to focus in on, on the failures and really kind of drill down on those things. And I, I, you know, for me, I think, you know, in one of our podcasts in, in the very, very early part of this, um, of leadership DNA, I think we, we did discuss and focus on, you know, celebrate your wins as much as you, um, learn from your losses. I mean, you have to study, um, both, the wins and the losses. And I think, you know, oftentimes I think that there's more opportunity to be able to actually study and analyze the wins because sometimes, sometimes winning is by chance. Sometimes winning happened and we don't really evaluate it because it was a win. It was like, we don't really take a step back and say, well, what actually occurred there? What did we, what did we do that allowed us to, to win? Well, we did, you know, we checked a bunch of boxes, but you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a little bit of luck involved, and sometimes there's this uh, sequence of events that 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 occurred that may not be part of the the current day culture of the organization. And I think it's really important to be able to um, to celebrate that. The also the other thing is that it gives, I think, cultural balance in the organization. It's it's um, it goes back to you know not just saying or bringing to people's attention that we've 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 not succeeded or that we failed it's also being able to have an opportunity to celebrate um you know the successes that the organization or the team is happening i think it also manages and brings the energy level up um you know morale we talk about you know morale and we talk about energy and enthusiasm um within the organization and certainly at the leadership level and i think you know being able to um uh, you know, have those those celebrations and, and talk about those successes, I think gives a real serotonin boost to the team. And I think that that's, that's a, a critical part. The other thing is that learning isn't only facilitated and done when you lose. It's you have to, again, be able to understand that if we can recreate, if we can do this again, if we can understand the exact pieces that allowed us to actually have a winning month, a winning situation, whatever the case is, it's it's tremendous, tremendous, tremendous learning that can be done. And, and it, it, it speaks to that balance where you're not a leader that's only exclusively talking about things that need to be improved. Yeah, I love it. And there's so many good things that you talked about from a DNA perspective the culture of winning, and then winning by design. These are things that are part of the DNA of both leaders as well as winning organizations. And I think one of the nuances that I learned the extremely hard way in my entrepreneurial journey is all around the achievement of a dream or a big goal. 
because so often in entrepreneurship, at least in my perspective, I'm all in on my dreams. And you think of this as this proverbial mountaintop that you're looking to climb. So oftentimes we use the word like grinding and hustle culture and paying your dues and these hard things to get you to where you want to go. And in the process of it, it can feel heavy because you're working on this big goal or this big achievement. And you think that once you get to the top of the mountain and you plant your flag there, you're like, yeah, I did it. I'm finally complete. And then you look and you're like, wait a second, there's another mountain right over here. And it was a challenge for me to learn that winning and being the best version of myself is actually an appreciation for the day-to-day journey, not only focusing on getting to the top of the mountain because you understand that there is always going to be more mountains. So as it relates to creating a culture of winning in doing so by design, I like to think about about both the micro, the day-to-day, as well as the macro because uh, as someone who... Uh, coaches people on personal growth and development, among other things. Uh, I start my days with gratitude and things that I have done in my past to build myself up from a winning perspective. And then at the end of the day, I also say to myself, what are three wins from today? Because not every day is puppy dogs and rainbows, but at the same time, you realize there are winning things that you have done. And if we can continually be planting the seeds of winning in our mind, in our team, and in our culture, yes, when we do get to the top of that mountain, we can certainly celebrate, but we do know that there's going to be more mountains there. So it's our ability to both by design, live in the micro wins, as well as appreciate when we get that macro win. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, to that point and, and, you know, kind of in, in this idea of creating balance, it, it also helps manage the sugar high, right? It's like, you know, don't get, don't get, we are going to celebrate them. This isn't, uh, we're not partying like it's 1999. I mean, it's just like, Hey, let's, let's celebrate, let's celebrate it and then move on and get ready for the next opportunity, the next challenge. And um, I think there's always going to be room to to applaud. And um, but I think the people that you know go down the rabbit hole or get caught off guard is is when um, you know they they don't allow those successes to uh, unfold and they get too caught up in them, so to speak. So I think you know studying studying them, allowing them to exist, creates balance, creates some energy. Um, and it creates, a, I think, a, a, an environment where uh, people understand that that um, you know we are gonna we are gonna examine the the things that we do, our our shortcomings and our and our successes, and and it you know just paves the way for just I think a better overall team environment. There's a term that I learned that was a game changer for me as a leader called blissful dissatisfaction. And as a high performer and as a leader, we can both be blissful, loving where we are in this moment, as well as be dissatisfied with knowing that we have so much potential and growth inside of us. The key, of course, uh, to yes in what you were talking about is what is your percentage of blissful versus dissatisfied? If you're sitting there saying, listen, 
I'm 90% blissful for my team, 10% dissatisfied, but that dissatisfied is in the name of growth and potential. Fantastic. But where a lot of teams and leaders run into a problem is when the dissatisfied starts to outweigh the blissful side of things to where all we're talking about is where we can improve and the negative side of what we're doing. And we see this oftentimes in sports with uh Coaches who are seen as overly tougher, all they talk about are the negative side of things. And and I would like to think that I'm certainly someone who lives a lot in the blissful side, but candidly, my self-talk of the dissatisfied is louder. And I'm aware of that. So I have to be very intentional by design to organize the bliss in my life to make sure that I'm staying on that anchor because I believe for the majority of the world, they live a lot in the dissatisfied. That can be fear, judgment, comparison, self-limiting belief. And rest of the world means our team members, the people that we're working with here in the hunger of these goals. So beware, be very aware of where you are on that blissful dissatisfaction spectrum and by design, organize things in your life to make sure you keep feeding the blissful side, knowing that the dissatisfied side is likely to be very loud. I love it. I love that because, you know, specifically for, for me, I think you get, um, you know, at least I get caught up sometimes where, um, you know, you're, 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 you tend to be, sometimes you tend to be your own biggest critic and, um, Without taking uh, the proper opportunity to acknowledge, you know, certain milestones or certain accomplishments, I think it becomes, um, I think it could become, you know, to your point, I think it could become a negative environment when, when from the outside looking in, it's like, wow, wow, these guys are, these guys are doing tremendous. They're, they're, you know, there's some real productivity here or this this guy's doing great or this girl's, you know, she's, she's on, you know, she's on cloud nine. She's really successful. And I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs and as people that are, um, you know, are pushing themselves to be in that overachiever kind of category, I think you lose sight you know, and it happens often. And, you know, sometimes I, I catch myself quite a bit and it's, it's like, you know, this, sometimes the sky is falling when in reality, it's like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? It's, it's, it's actually, it's sunny and clear. And there's been so much goodness that you should be celebrating this week or today or whatever. And so um, it, it's okay to be, you know, tough on yourself. And it's okay to want to drive, um, you know, drive uh, pr- production and performance and all that other stuff. But um the, these little wins, these little victories, big or small, I think need to be acknowledged, and 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 there needs to be some type of accounting system. You know, you you have to be able to look at does this, does the sum of the wins supersede this? You know, the sum of the losses. And so, if the answer is yes, then you know that that mathematical formula means you're winning. So, can you win more? Maybe. Could you lose harder? Probably. You know. So. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a good uh, opportunity to create some, some balance. And I like that. And Arturo, here's one of the challenges. 
we as high performers can sometimes wear our dissatisfaction as a badge of honor. I'm never satisfied. I'm always grinding. I'm always trying to get to the top of this mountain to where that can be seen as a narrative at the absence of flow and peace. And there's a book about this, which I highly, highly recommend called The Gap and the Gain by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. And it is an absolute game changer. And side note, I highly recommend all of the books by Benjamin Hardy. Right now I'm reading one called 10X is Easier Than 2X. And The Gap and the Gain is a very simple concept. The majority of the world lives in the gap, meaning where they are now versus the potential of where they want to be in their vision. They sit there and they see, oh oh my God, I'm not there yet. So it's living in a scarcity mindset or a fixed mindset or a not enoughness. Whereas when you're living in the gain, you measure yourself from where you started to where you are right now. And this is something that I need a constant reminder on an everyday basis to remind myself of where I was 13 years ago when I started this entrepreneurial journey at zero versus who I am today doing this podcast with you and and running multiple businesses and coaching people. And when you use that framing, you go, wow, look at all the progress that I've made. It doesn't mean I'm resting on my laurels, but it changes the narrative of the story that you're telling yourself of, wow, I'm living in the gain for all that I've gained versus I'm living in the gap for all of the things that I have not yet created in my life. So we ran into some technical difficulties, so I'm gonna take this episode home. It is time for the action item or the takeaway. And what I would love for you to do this week, at the end of every single day, I want you just to write down or say to yourself, Three wins from the day. Let's make sure that when we end our day, we anchor in where we won. It doesn't have to be the biggest things in the world, but this is how you plant the seeds of winning, how you create a winning culture by design in yourself. And this is a practice that I've been doing for years, both for myself, as well as encourage everyone on my teams to do the same. Every single day as part of my evening routine, boom, what are three wins for the day? Rinse and repeat, and I promise you, great things will happen. And we want to hear from you. How do you create a winning culture by design in your organization? You can hit up Arturo on LinkedIn at Arturo Gomez, and you can hit me up on LinkedIn or Instagram at Rob Cressy.